In that latching on to that identity, I think while it was so meaningful and I think I did so much great work for so many years, I felt like I also lost myself in the process. Welcome to another episode of The Michael Maloney Show, where we take you on a journey around the world, exploring the stories of successful individuals and learning from their achievements and struggles. Join us as we delve into the why and how behind their accomplishments and discover how to live a more fulfilling life. What's up, Matthew? How are you, man? I, God, I see you all over the place, uh, like online. I, I met you the first time, I believe, in... Um, DC, right? That's right. At um, BLN. The first BLN event, yes. Which that was really cool. A great opportunity to meet a bunch of other people. I, I haven't made it to many events on the East Coast. So that was, actually, that was probably one of the first. I guess you consider Florida the East Coast. I mean, it's it's on the East Coast, but it's. No, I'm in Iowa. But um, I guess what I was saying is I've only ever been. To Florida before I was at DC, so it was really a really cool experience. But you live in Iowa. Um, yep. Have you ever been here? No, I have some friends up there, but yes, it's good deep America, real people. Yeah, good people. for sure. Everybody, a lot of people think it's just a flyover state, um, but no, it's it's beautiful here. Great people, a lot of hard workers. Um, yeah. It's not all cornfields like what Hollywood makes it out to be. Um, <laughs> I, I I live in a town of about. Um, almost a million people. Um, yeah. It's a span of a few different cities. Um, really like it here, but that's one of the cool things about doing what you and I do with self-development and you know, inspiring and, and wanting to contribute to other people. It gives us the opportunity to travel and see the world, right? So, right. Well, congratulations um, also on the kid, your, your recent baby, recent newborn. Yeah, so my wife and I, yep, we just had uh, two, or uh, now Conley, she's just over two months. It's crazy. It's already been that long, you know, but um, yeah, thank you. It's been a lot of fun. So, what so, you um, how you want to, yeah, well, you'd let me know what direction you want to go with this or what do you want to talk about? Well, essentially, it's just like Joe Rogan podcast. We just hop into it. So essentially, I'm just trying to figure out, Matt, what you do, why you do it, who your, what's your goal is in life, who you want to help, why you want to help them. You know, what you've gotten through in your life to get you to where you're at now to make you want to live a life the way that you do. Um, it's This podcast is all about you, man. It's this. My listeners come here to get a, uh, inspiration, to go out on their own and start their own business, to hire a coach, to challenge themselves into a more abundant life. Um, you know, it's this is all about inspiration. So I guess if you could start by just kind of telling us, you know, who you are, what you do, because um, I, because I, I know that you do um, coaching and um, you, you, you participate in speaking events. But other than that, Matthew, I don't really. And by the way, do you go by Matt or Matthew? Either is fine, Matthew. I prefer Matthew. Cool, I like Matthew. So yeah, other than that, Matthew, I really don't know much about you. So if you could just kind of start with like a elevator pitch of who you are, that that'd be awesome. Of course. So I'm Matthew Brackett. I am the tenth of thirteen children. I grew up in small town New England. Wow. And it, uh, by my background, my faith I come from a faith background. So I grew up in a very family of faith, and so amazing. To a Catholic school and being exposed to monastic life, monks and nuns and all of that. So a lot of people that are very generous. Beginning with my parents were very generous generous people and they taught us generosity from a young age and so part of that led me to, to wanting to do something 
meaningful in life. Um, sure. to really serve serve people, make a difference in the world, and so that really led me to ministry. And how do you find that though? How how do you figure out that you were that you were so interested that you wanted to give back? I mean, did you just when you were young were you like, I'm my parents are so generous, I just need to do that, or like because most people don't just find that path of generosity like that, you know, like I oh I should go help people. Of- Part of it could be personality, part of it's family dynamics and just the values that we were grown in. Like that environment you grow up and so that's just what you learn to do and you find a lot of meaning in that. At least that was, I think that was my case. Now, if I go to, you know, why I stepped into ministry, probably the reasoning was ambiguous. I mean, I was was 18 and I was, I think I wanted to do something, I didn't know what it was and so this just seemed like a good idea. Um, part of it was also probably because I wanted to leave small town New England and on a journey sure. to find myself. And I'm so sure God I, had his hands in that too, though, you know, um, you know, to, sure. to help guide you to where you needed yeah. to go to to do what you were on earth for, yeah, for I, sure. I think part of it was, I think on that journey to sort of find myself and find my meaning and purpose, I also went through a long stage of losing myself, and, mm. which is sort of that. It sounds sounds like a contradiction, but that that paradox that we sometimes live in as human beings. Yeah. And so in in finding and latching onto an identity, which was important, right? All of this, I'm not downplaying the importance of ministry. I'm just sort of this is my own personal journey of. So in that yeah. latching onto that identity, I think while it was so meaningful, and I think I did so much great work for so many years, I felt like I also lost myself in the process. And so then there's that leads leads to a crisis, which goes on for years. Sort of this crisis of identity, a lot of internal conflict and trying to understand and confusion, and then so, it leads to a journey. What, does, what I call back home to myself. So okay, so you enter the ministry, and then basically you got from what I'm hearing was it that you like got so into serving other people and like and being there to like do what you should be as a, as a minister right. that you lost your personal attributes. Like you didn't do anything like hobbies or like, what do right. you mean you lost yourself? Like you just didn't feel content with life. Like you, did you feel like you were doing the right thing, but just, but that you were losing yeah. your grasp on life or what was that about? Yes. I think part of it was um, maybe realizing that I stepped into ministry probably for not the best reasons or not the right the reasons that will help you to succeed long term. Sure. I'm not saying that it was for the wrong reasons, but it's for the reasons that I had at that age in my life. Um, and so and was it, that to like be I'm that guy about, that was? I'm talking about a minister. Thirty years of life, so I, you know, ten years of training sure. and education, and then in in the Catholic world where I'm where I was, it's religious life is very it's a very serious commitment, and it's really you go all in. Right, and it's a giving up. You make vows of poverty, vows of chastity, and obedience, and so it's just really giving up of yourself in order to serve God and to serve others. So there's a lot of beauty around it, but if it's not handled sure. properly, the education, the formation, the training, then it can also it's it can lead to that where you you take on this whole identity. And I think you know in other paths in life, people can experience the same thing. I also worked in the military as a chaplain, and there can be you know this. That, that, that external identity, the uniform, the mission, it's all very important. But when that takes center stage of everything else, we all run a risk of, of losing ourselves in the process. 
or getting yeah busy. sure <clears throat> mm. so I, I can imagine I don't, know, I don't know if I'm explaining that properly and I'm I'm not trying to say I you know that I'm not trying to downplay and I'm not trying to criticize any institution organization it's just part of the art of how we were why how we're wired as human beings right? yeah and, I went through the I'm same not, thing kind of yeah. honestly Matthew I mean it's just so, yeah identity is so important and in the professional this can happen in any sector I mean, look at people who go after you know any type of corporate job and they want to climb the ladder and then after 20 years they realize this this really first of all who am I what am I doing why am I, why am I here it this hasn't done the job right see so, and that's a lot of why we do this show Matthew because there's so many people that live their life and they just unfortunately society trains you to go to work come home take the kids to t-ball practice eat dinner, go to bed, do it again, you know, or whatever your life might be like. Right. And um, it's, it's, it's sad because people don't take, people don't have something like a podcast like this or like somebody like you or me to have a conversation with them and challenge the way they're living their life to make them think about, oh, well, maybe I should live my life this way. Or maybe I should, like you said, maybe I should take some risk and go find another job that might be more fulfilling, that might be more well-rounded and serve my entire family and give me more time freedom. Um, so it's, I, I hear you. And that's, that's a lot of what's inspired me to be where I'm at and with help trying to help people because a lot of people, unfortunately don't know that they need help or they don't know to, how to find the help. Right. Um, and, and yes. so that's awesome that you found yourself though. So now that you kind of went through that, you know, it is, it's hard. I mean, it's hard for us as human beings. We, there's this, we have these extremes on the spectrum, right? Where we, of independence we sort of want to figure everything out on our own and there's mm. something in us that we don't need anybody but there's also something in us that we are as human beings and as creatures we are interdependent we all need each other but there's something in us that, that doesn't like that 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 dependence and then mm. there's the other extreme which is codependence where we become so dependent on other things that those relationships take control of our life um, whether it be relationships with people, whether it be relationships with things or behaviors or whatever it is, you know, so they take a lot more yeah. power than we want them to have. So that balance. So asking for help is very challenging for us. It was challenging for me to do because I was always the one there for other people. And when I had to step sure. into that space of, well, no, I'm sick. I'm in a difficult situation. I need help. Um, very challenging. It's you know, kind of scary. It's humbling. It's scary. Yeah. And then to your point, another thing about you know, life as human beings is we like safety and security. And so sometimes being in the known, even if it's maybe not fulfilling or it's painful or dis or there's a lot of discomfort, it's known. And so we can sit there mm. and stay there for a long time. And because venturing out of the known and out of the insecure, out of the secure into something else, it's also very scary for us. It's very scary for our brain. So I live here in Iowa and, um, you know, it's compare if you compare it to like places like Arizona, Florida, Colorado, whatever, just big metropolises, Minneapolis, um, there's so much more opportunity. There's so many more jobs, you know, I have no idea. I'm just throwing out numbers. Maybe there's half a million jobs here. Maybe there's 10 or 15 million jobs there. It might even be way more than that. The thing, my point is, is what I've found, and I could be wrong, but this is my own, um, this is my own take on it is I think that because we're in an area where there's less opportunity, people tend to find a, find a resource, find a job that pays their bills. And then they just hunker down and they live it and they just keep it for the rest of their life. 
A lot of people do that, and I'm sure that's I'm sure that's common in bigger cities too. Just because that's a, it's like you said, it's a it's a it's an uh, an act of comfort, and people a lot of people are scared to put themselves out there. I mean, it's the fear, it's the um, survival mindset. Um, so unfortunately, I've found that like some of my associates, the people that I surround myself with that just live around me, are that way. It's almost like it's um, the lack versus abundance mindset. Um, like if you're in a bigger city where there's jobs everywhere, there's billboards, there's just millions of people. It's easy to think, okay, if I quit my job, there's other jobs out there. I'm going to find something, right? Whereas if you're in a smaller area, a city where there's not as many people, not as many jobs, not as many high paying jobs, it's easier to be, okay, it's easier to, to feel like you can't take that risk and go find something. You know what I mean? Yes. Um, but I would... I, without wanting to bash everybody, but I also would say what's important is people make decisions according to priorities, right? And so, for 100%. example, you know, if my, for a lot of people, family is, is, is their priority. And so they, once they have a job or they're into a professional lane, then they stay there because that's helping them take care of their priorities. Yeah. But what, one of the things, spaces that I work in with professionals is in that in the intersection between the personal and professional where their priorities are not being taken care of and, and they don't know what to do. Um, whatever those priorities are. Because what happens yeah. is um, sometimes when we get into that lane and we, we think we're doing it for the right reasons, but then we end up seeing that, no, I'm not, I'm not really doing the things that I want to do or I'm not taking care of my priorities the best way. You know, I got onto this train mm. thinking that this is what it was going to do for me, but it's not doing it. Um, yeah. So anyway, people, if some people, it depends what the priorities are. You know, what are my priorities? What's important to me? What are my values? And am I taking care of those? Am I protecting those? Or are those suffering consequences? They're at the altar of success or just because I'm afraid to, to step out of out of where I'm at into into the unknown. Um, it's all, all those things are natural, natural things that happen to us as human beings. Would you say there's a lot of people that are working and living their lives and they probably don't even know what their priorities are? Um, well, yes. Or I do you think they might not focus on them? No, well, I think part you know? of it is, I mean, I, I talk a lot about self-awareness because I, I say self-awareness yeah. is one of the greatest leadership assets and one of the lack of self-awareness, one of the greatest leadership liabilities. And when I say leadership, mm. I don't only mean to the professional space, but I also refer to the personal space of how we lead ourselves and how we lead our inner circles of influence, whether personal and professional. And for many people, that's their relationships. Many people, that's family. So sometimes we don't... Then taking time to figure out right, what are my priorities. It sounds so basic, but sometimes we don't take the time to do that. Or the exercise. Yeah, right. So that's, that's sort of what, I mean, what I do. There's a few things that I do, but in the coaching world, and in, in, in uh, whether I go back to ministry or not, is I was I'm very comfortable in that personal space and in meeting people in their personal lives and in their professional lives and at that intersection, and having that having those conversations about what's important to them and and how they want to take care of what's important to them, whether in any area of their life, mm. um, because that's how we as human beings that's that's how we process things that's how we find our answers it's not just by getting sort of involved in our own little heads but 
in a relationship with someone in a safe, confidential, protected environment where I can talk yeah. about who I am, where I'm at, where I want to go, what are my pains, points, you know, and how I, how can I get out of those? Because that's when by talking about it with someone, I I discover myself through you. Just let's use our conversation as an example. You know, I I'm a mystery to myself in some ways, and so in talking to you. And in expressing and in answering questions and expressing sort of what I'm feeling or what I'm going through, I discover myself. And you probably yeah. discover a little <laughs> bit about yours. You discover a little bit about yourself in the process as well. For because sure. that's part of how we discover ourselves, how we know ourselves as human beings, and through the mirror of the other. And, mm. and so that's why, you know, in spousal relationships or just any type of relationship, that's why they're, they're so important because. It takes me out of myself. And when I take my experiences, my thoughts, my, my emotions, or whatever it is, my difficulties, my pain spots, my success, and I translate them into words, into, when I do that, they become more real for me. Like a story, like yeah. something you can learn from, probably. I, I take more ownership of them. That's why, uh, you know, when, when I say something I, I, that's maybe emotional, I start crying. Whereas when I thought about it, I didn't cry. But when I said it, I cried because it became more real. Interesting. Or, or, or when we laugh. There's something about that in the human experience. But we don't always consider that that as that important. You know, but, right, but when right. I sit in a session with someone and all of a sudden they listen to themselves saying things and they're like, whoa, I don't know where all this is coming from. And all of a sudden, then they're finding their answers in the process. Wow. What do I do? I, I mean, I listen. Uh, coaching is really, it's about that very curious listening and that creative questioning to, with the conviction that someone has the answers inside of them. Before we continue, I'd like to take a moment to share something I'm passionate about with you. If you're someone who is constantly striving for personal growth and loves surrounding yourself with other motivated individuals, you're going to want to hear about this. Check out growthgroupinc.com. This is an exclusive community made up of high achievers and dynamic entrepreneurs just like you. It's a space where like-minded individuals come together, collaborate, and support each other on their own journey to success. Growth Group is more than just a community. It's a collective mindset, a commitment to getting better every single day. We believe in the power of connection, collaboration, and constant growth. And we're confident that being part of this community will give you an unparalleled advantage on your path to success. So take a moment, visit growthgroupincorporated.com and join us as we elevate our lives together. Trust me, this is one investment in your future you will not regret. Now, let's get back to our conversation. Mm, so you're just saying the right things to help them bring the answers outside of themselves. That's the and, idea. And it, it's yeah, very that's well, just with you explaining this, um, I, I can relate so well. I can't I don't think I've ever told you my story. Maybe I have. But just how like I started my business chasing the dollar, you know, being opportunistic and it took off really well. We were growing crazy and then I was so unhappy. Uh, I just became complacent. And and a lot of that was I was just chasing the wrong things. I feel like I had the wrong priorities. Um, the success was already there. The business plan was solid, but I was chasing growth instead of fulfillment, like you mentioned earlier. And so that taught me 
that, okay, if, okay, I've learned how to make this business fun and or make money. But I, I was at the point where I'm like, I don't care if this company makes a thousand million in a year, a hundred million dollars in a year. I'm not going to be happy. I'm going to, I'm not going to feel like I'm doing what I should with my life. Wow. And that led me to fulfillment. Um, where it's like, if I want to be fulfilled, I know I need to contribute to others. So that led me to like, be like, okay, I need to find a way to set myself up to be able to help other people because that is going to, what's actually going to make me feel fulfilled. I, I, um, created this exercise called wake up where you literally imagine yourself walking down the road and, um, a car comes over the curb and hits you and you're laying on the ground and you have a couple minutes to live. And you're thinking to yourself about your life and you're, and you're just going over like how you like a replay of like, what did I do with my life? Where did I spend it? What did I spend my time on? Who did I, was I present with my family? You know, like, was I, did I treat my body like I should have like all this stuff. And, um, because I did that at a, at a Tony Robbins conference and, uh, it just opened my eyes to that. I was living my life focusing on the wrong perspectives, but that whole time, all those answers were inside of me. It was when I did that exercise, when I thought about going through it, like, Oh my God, like I would be thinking about my wife and how I didn't go on that date with her. And I wasn't there for my, I wasn't present when I was hanging out with my kid at night or like I was too easily angry with my employees when they didn't do what I wanted them to do or, you know, something like that. And it just, it made me cry. I literally started crying. I was in this seminar with like 30 other people in this little room in this theater and I just started bawling. Um, and, and like you explained it, I mean, that's literally what happened to me to a T. Um, I voiced it, I said it, I realized it and it, and it really, it was like an epiphany with inside me. Um, and since then it's done crazy things to my life. You know, it's helped, it's helped me understand where to put my focus. And that's what I was thinking. Like what you were talking about, about talking with people and helping them find their priorities. I would argue that a lot of people are, like you said earlier, are just living their life, doing what they think they should do. But then they're so, they're so focused and distracted by what they're doing that they're, that they're unhappy or they're, they're not capable of figuring out what they should do to make themselves more happy and feel more full and fulfilled. And so it's just that cycle. It's just, it's just easy to get in, to get into the ruts of life that way. Um, but that's really amazing what you do with talking with people and, um, and helping them find their ground in between, like you said, the professional and, and personal lives, because I think that's where a lot of people struggle if they felt more confident and like they were doing the right thing with their lives in that area, they would probably, you know, just be in a much better state of mind all day long. Um, right. Yes. There's, there's that inertia of life that kind of gets us going. And then, you know, when you have responsibilities like a family, well, you're like, well, I need to put food on the table. I need to provide. And so, and then, then you're tired. And so you don't have time to think about other options or other things. Yeah. But there's also different types of people. There's, there's people that are a bit, that have a more restless heart. And so they're looking for more. There's other people that are very happy with the basic and with the simple, and they don't have a whole lot of dreams. And neither one's the right. It's just everyone just has to find how they're wired, what's the right fit, so that so that you can live that fulfillment that you're talking about. And I really appreciate what you said because you know because of my own work in ministry and also in the Navy as a chaplain, all of this is, you know, I was I'm very familiar with death and and with that's a topic that I often talk about, right? It's but one of those topics that people have a hard time talking about. But going sure. back to your, yeah. your med- you know, that meditation on death, that reflection, or looking at my life in 
through the lens of my death is very mm. powerful because death, you know, mm. whenever I would celebrate so many funerals, death always puts things in perspective. And it's yeah. not like we're trying to get all morbid and, and dramatic and tragic about the, but the fact right. is, if we know that something's going to happen to us, we know that we're going to die. It's one of the few things that we can be very, very, very certain about. Right? And yeah. they also said taxes is the other one. But anyways, but about death, right? <laughs> and so when we look at our life, death, as you said, death puts your priorities in perspective. Yeah. And yeah. so I hope your listeners don't, don't think this is a very morbid topic, but it's, it's a very life-giving topic because just because exactly. of, of that example in your life, that when you looked at your life, through the lens of my death, you know, imagining your own death, you know, or imagining yourself in, in a, you know, you're go, be going to your own wake or to your own funeral. It's a very powerful experience because it, it helped you put everything in perspective so much so that it, yeah. it became very emotional. It made you cry. And it also made you realize, well, there's, there's so many things that I can do better and that I want to do better. And I yeah. think one of the, the saddest phrases of a, of a human being is, is that phrase of if only I would have known. Mm. If only I would have known. In, yeah, it's kind of a negative look at it, isn't it? It is because it's like, you know, when someone and I this brings me back to experience in my life, when I was I was a priest and I remember an older lady who I knew, I didn't know her too well, but you know, and she had my phone number and so so she called me a few times and said, When are you gonna come visit when you go? Because I you know, she was sick and she was I think she was in her 80s, so she was up there. And I was like, no, I'll get there, I'll get there. I didn't, I didn't realize, I didn't know. I mean, I didn't know what she was going through, whatever it was. I'll get there. And then I get a call from her, her godson saying that she had passed away. Mm. And then I celebrated the funeral. And I shared this story of, you know, I didn't show up because I had other things which... But had I known, or living with, if only I would have done. And so this, that regret, yeah, that, that phrase is, is something that you know. And in people, in at funerals, there's a lot of people. They're like, if only I would have known, then I would have made that phone call. I would have made that last visit. And, but let's not wait until when something has to happen for us to realize that, if only I would have known. So when you say you don't like the phrase, are you saying, Matt, that you, you think people should be more proactive and seek the opportunities to, to take those opportunities? Or do you say, yeah. or are you saying that it's okay that you missed it because you were busy doing things no, that you no, should no. have been? Or No, no, what I'm saying, I think it's a hard phrase, it's a very hard phrase for a human being when they have to say, if only I would have known, or if only I would yeah. have done. So you're um, saying basically... You, you just want to, you, you're recommending living a life that you don't have to say that. So just try to live it in a way that you don't have those kind of regrets. Right. Because, yes, I, yeah. I could have gone to visit her. I just, I put other things before that and things that probably weren't that important. Sure. But just like you were saying, and, and I'm a firm believer, everything in life is there to serve us. So, um, you know, it's unfortunate that that one opportunity you missed out on, but let that guide you into being a better person going forward. Um, and and, I, and I'm, I'm a firm believer in that um, no, definitely. because because we're humans. Of course. No, and I, it's all good. It's always going to happen to us. But if we can be a bit more proactive, right, seize yeah. opportunities, capitalize the moments, especially when we're talking about priorities and all that. And what I did 
in that you know in that funeral I shared that story with people and and it, because I was being vulnerable I was sharing a mistake that I made that was directly it was amazing person kudos to you right but it really it impacted and the message also came out much more powerful and sure. for that for their own lives right it made it helped them think and hopefully it helped make a little difference and it's about I just got goosebumps own. yeah that's that's really powerful man I mean it's it's really a lot of people I mean, you're being a leader by doing that by getting up on on the altar and, and telling your story from a vulnerable spot you you gain the trust and inspire I mean that's you're tapping into God's stream of energy right there when you're doing that it's, it's a beautiful thing mm. I, I really look up to you for that no, oh, thank you, Michael. But it was it was the best way to serve those people, and in the end, that's what it's about. It's about helping everyone be better, and using my mistakes, and or whatever it was, lack of awareness or oversights, use them to help people to help people be better. Wow. So basically, you take you've taken that chapter of your life, which you've learned a lot, and now you're helping people. Um, identify their own priorities and figure out what they're maybe doing wrong or spending the wrong focus on in life. Um, so that's, so that's a freaking really amazing. How do, how would somebody, how would somebody reach out to you, Matt? You? So they can find me on my website is bracketalliance.com. Bracketalliance.com. Okay. And on Instagram at Matthew Bracket Official, Facebook, Matthew Bracket Official. I think I'm on TikTok, although I haven't seen it. But, but cool. yeah, and, link, and LinkedIn at Matthew Brackett as well. So those are all different ways, and there's different things that I do. I do some work with couples. I do. I use a, a results accelerator. It's a program called the Results Accelerator, which is just, it's a few intense hours, and it helps people precisely do this and more appropriately define their priorities, their values, their identity, their needs, mm. and all those things, and then be able to make. Um, set out their goals and looking for the results that they want. So it's a very intense program, but it it's accelerated because it, it it gets results really quick. At least it gets you to unstuck and gets you to a place where you have a lot more clarity. So that's one of the the different programs that I have that I, that I use. Is that virtual? All virtual. Or, yeah. uh, it can be face in person. Okay. It, it can also be there's for that specific program. It can also be done as a group, whether virtually or or in an organization or in a company because there's this professional side to a personal a lot of my personal services are geared towards more people in leadership roles but going back to what I said before I, leadership I define and there's different ways to define it but I'm talking about personal leadership leadership in my inner circles and my priorities and then leadership in an organizational and professional context and I offer coaching services and education about all of those and so the three know, different kinds Yes, rather be so ourselves. Because mm -hmm. I've never heard of that before. Ourselves, the people in our close proximity, so like our close friends and family, right? And then the people okay. outside of that, so a little bit yes. farther out. That's right, and hmm. in organizational context, which is has its very specific dynamics. You know, so I've worked in many international and a few international complex organizations, so I I understand organizational dynamics. And whether it be small companies or larger companies, international, intercultural, cause most of my work was overseas. I lived in Italy for 10 years, Ireland oh. for five, Colombia and Chile and South America. I'm in Mexico right now. So I love oh, the intercultural cool. cross-boundary work is also yeah. with leaders that have to do that type of work and in large organizational complex contexts. So there's, 
It depends, but I can, those those are the different types of services that I can offer. Okay, great. Yeah, so if anybody listening, um, and I'm sure there's going to be a, quite a few of you that are interested in working with Matthew or just asking him about some questions um, that you might have, that you might have thought about during this episode, please reach out to Matthew. Um, he's, he's a very warm and um, just a willing guy. I mean, we've had to reschedule this podcast at least one, once the last time it didn't work out. And uh, he was very easy to work with, and I and I greatly appreciate that. Um, but just ever since I met you, you know, I just remember the first time I, I shook your hand and talked to you. You know, like I said a second ago, I, I just took you as a very nice, warm and gentleman and caring and somebody who, like, you would want as a good friend. Somebody who's going to tell you the way that you might not want to hear it, but that you need to hear it. Um, somebody who's looking out for the best you. Somebody who has no ulterior motives. I mean... Um, it's very, very evident, Matthew, that you're, that you're on this earth to serve people and that you've learned through your life, you know, like how you should do that and what you think is the best way to go on about that. I mean, I, I really do look up to you as another coach and somebody who wants to help other people. Um, thanks so much for coming on today. What I like to do at the end of my show, Matthew, is just kind of leave it open, um, for, for the, my guests to just kind of, if you have any last remarks or any challenges for the audience, anything that you might want them to think about or try to implement into their daily routine, just anything at all. Um, do you have any last comments before we jump off of here? Thank you, Michael. And thank you. And thank you for the opportunity. I do, I do remember when we met and it was at a conference, so it was, we didn't have a whole lot of time to talk and we just kind of, yeah. talking. but, um, you, you were always on my radar ever since then. I said, this is someone I want to get to know better. And then uh, awesome. this, right back this, is way, this is one way to get to know each other better. So, That's a lot of the reason why I do it too, Matthew, but yeah. Right. It's so good. So well, one of my phrases in my, in my business is lead better, love better, and live better. Hmm. And so as the final words for your audience is how can I lead better in my life and in whatever context it is. And I can go back to self-awareness, becoming more self-aware but we, we, meditation is one way to do that, mindfulness, but also through a relationship with another, like a coach or a therapist. That's a, a very specific way of how I can grow in self-awareness because I'm forced to stop and to pay attention to what's going on. So that's one way that will help us to lead better. Also in leading better, try to remember what are my priorities. What are my, you know, when I say yes to things, it means that I need to say no to something else. Mm. But that saying no is because I'm saying yes to something that's more important. So let's try to remember what I want to say yes to. And then when it's about loving, how I want to love better. And if it's you know someone important in your life, a significant other or whatever, ask them, ask them, how can I love you better? Wow, that's deep. That's so easy to do and so powerful. Oh so my gosh. When we lead better and love better, and Michael, then, then we can, we can live better. That will be a wonderful result from that. Yeah. Yeah, so that is beautifully crafted, man. I love that. Um, and the whole just how can I love you better? Like, even to your parents, to anybody in your life. Like, hey, man, I know we've grown apart. I don't see any mu as much as I used to anymore. But just let me know how I can love you better. Like, how can I be there for you? Like, how can I? Wow, or like, to, like you said, to your wife or to your significant other, like, 
Hey, honey, you know, you lo- you mean everything to me. I, I, my intent is to be there for you and to be there to, to be that person you can lean on. Please, is there any way that I can love you better? Like, oh my God. And then how that leads into living better. Lead, love, live better. That's that's some powerful stuff, Matthew. I really like that. Thank you, thank you Michael. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for this opportunity to share the screen and share the microphone with you and with your people. Yeah, of course. Well, thanks so much again for coming on. And um, as we continue to collaborate with uh, Business Leaders Network, um, and, and some other events that we'll go to, we'll have to have you back on here and we can talk about that and maybe talk about a specific topic one day. I know today was just kind of all about you, but um, yeah, you're, you're definitely a, a great guy, an interesting person to talk to. So I would love to love to have you back on. So. That was another episode of The Michael Maloney Show. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.